Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. simple full disclosure listeners we are running this show today without a chaperone we have no babysitter Reed is not here manning the production studio the cameras us keeping us on topic keeping us moving he's gone mom and dad are out of town and we are throwing a kegger so come on over to invictus capital headquarters we're gonna have ourselves a a shindig yeah we don't actually want anybody to come over no. Um, mom, party dad's, of two. mom and dad said no parties. Reed is both mom and dad. Um, okay, so let's get, let's get to the topic. Let's do it. Um, one of the questions we get all the time, might be one of the most common questions actually, from new investors, people who want to get into real estate. They think, I want to buy a duplex. I want to get into large commercial multifamily like you guys. They're like, I want to be like you. But they're maybe starting out and they don't have any capital or they don't have any industry experience. They don't have any network or anything like that. So one of the common questions we get is, should I go get my broker's license? And on the surface, this makes a lot of sense. Like, oh, it's in the industry. Um, I would learn a lot about real estate probably by getting my broker's license. And then maybe I will have access to more off-market deals and I'll meet more people in the industry and all that stuff, right? So on the surface, it sounds good. Um, what's your take on this? Because I think there's there's two directions we can go with this. But mm-hmm. I'm curious, which what comes to your mind initially when somebody asks you that? Yeah, I mean, this is a really frequent question. It doesn't matter the age, but anybody who's getting in is trying to get into real estate and trying to get in and, and be an active investor. Um, this isn't a question we get from passive investors, yeah. but those people who want to basically do what we're doing, it's very common uh, perception to have that, hey, uh, maybe I should get my real estate license. And some people actually think they have to. Like, it's like almost legally like required. Yeah, you have to have your license to be transacting in this space, which is... Not the case. Um, my response is, uh, no, you don't need to. I don't think it's really an effective way uh, to get rolling. It's definitely not necessary. Um, if you need to generate cash and you're in the sales industry, like maybe there's an argument to be made that, you know, you could build up a little bit of a investment uh, uh, pile of capital um, and you're really good at sales, maybe. But otherwise, you know, if your goal is to invest, like don't don't waste your time on, on on going into the sales field because honestly, you might do really well and get stuck there. I didn't yeah. see that happen. It's, Golden handcuffs. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can make a decent amount of money uh, or a lot of money uh, doing it. So it, it could it could be kind of sticky if you're not careful. Yeah, that and that's where my mind goes to is if you're starting out when you're young and you're like fresh out of school or something and you, you don't have any means to go make a lot of money, I think sales jobs are the best way to get started because in a lot of cases your commission is tied to how good you are and in the beginning you're gonna suck so you're not gonna make much but you get better at it and then the sky's the limit yeah and so i would i do think that being a broker could be very interesting if you want to get capital and you're smart and you realize like okay as this capital comes in i'm not just going to spend it i'm going to invest it i'm going to take this money and be putting it over into this other thing generally though i see a lot of brokers not do that 
they get the money and then they start getting the nice car and the next thing to know the house and then everything kind of creeps in their lifestyle and they couldn't afford to invest. Now they have to sell just to keep the engine going. Yeah. And there's another aspect of this too, because like you kind of mentioned before, um, some people uh, look at it as potentially a way uh, to get access to, you know, to off-market deals, yeah. right? If you're going to be transacting in the space that you're going to be investing in, a seller comes to you to sell a, a property for them. You know, I used to ask this question myself a lot of the time, like, why aren't brokers picking these up yep. themselves and selling them? But I mean, that's a huge conflict of interest for for the the agent, right? It's their job to take that and, and show it to the market. That's what they're getting paid for. So from the seller's perspective, you know, that that's not going to fly. If you, if you offer yeah. to buy it, they're probably gonna be like, wait a minute, um, that implies that I could probably get a heck of a lot more if we actually market it. So no, sir, I'm not going to transact with you anymore. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people get it and think this way. Like I'll get my broker's license cause I'll have access to more off market deals. And, and I know brokers who have done this, you can do it, but you have to be upfront and transparent with the seller and explain like, here's a situation. I'll give you this much. I'll buy it from you right now, or I can take it to market. But you, you're going to create this friction between you and your your prospective investors, like the people that you would bring the deal to. Because if you bring me a deal and you just picked off the last couple of things, I'm like, okay, this deal isn't as good as what you're getting. Like, there's a conflict here. And yeah. so you got to be able to navigate that. And maybe more importantly is when you're a broker, you have a lot more disclosures and a lot more legal loopholes that you have to jump through than if you were just doing something off market. Like if I reach out to you off market, I can say, hey, I wanna buy your building, whatever. But if you're a broker and you reach out off market, you gotta tell them, it's like a cop. If I ask you, are you a cop? You gotta tell me. You know, that's true, I forgot about this, but on those first couple of deals um, where I was, you know, contacting sellers directly, trying to find something on, on the second deal in particular, uh, the eight unit I picked up, uh, and even, even uh, brokers who are listing properties will ask you this. If you call somebody and ask them about a property they're listing, uh, they're going to ask you, are you a broker? Because number one, uh, if there's a listing agent on the deal and you call inquiring about it, their first question is, okay, I want to make sure you're not going to take half my paycheck. I want to make sure I don't have to split the commission with anybody. Like, are you a broker? If you are, that's going to cause issues because you're going to be a much more expensive buyer. So even if you're not coming mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, trying to take a piece of that, uh, you know, once you say you're a broker, the perception to that listing agent is that this guy's probably going to try to take a piece of my, my yep. paycheck. So it's actually a hell of a lot easier to just be like, no, I'm not a broker. People are going to respond much better. Sellers are going to respond a lot better to that. Yep. The The last aspect of this is maybe not the last one, but another one that comes up and this last one I got, so I'm dry after this one is, um, oh, I kind of, I just brain farted. Where did yeah. it go? Um, maybe you just ca- keep talking for a second because when you were talking, it came to me. What? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I'm pretty much out of them too. I think we hit on most of them, to be honest. I just, I think oh, the biggest. I got it. Good. Okay. Because I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. So the, the last question is, okay, if I get, if I become a broker, then surely I'll learn more about how this industry works. I'll have better connections. I will become a better underwriter. I'll be able to identify better deals. That might be true if you get into large multifamily of the type that you're going to be transacting in. in but probably when you're starting, you're going to go and be a residential broker like a single family duplex, that is not going to transfer at all. And I do not know if being a broker, like a multifamily broker really makes you that much more. I don't know if the time and energy that goes into becoming a successful multifamily broker would make you that much better than if you had just gone off and become an investor right away and just been underwriting every day. Like a lot of these guys and gals, like no offense to any of them, if they're listening, they're not that sophisticated. It's not like they have a PhD in this. So yeah, I'd have to agree. I don't think um, 
I mean, you obviously get to witness a lot more transactions because, you know, a lot of the larger multifamily and commercial transactions, um, you know, it is a little bit tougher to get data on those things. So you would get to get more insight into transactions, but I don't really even know how much value that would provide. I mean, mm-hmm. just go out there and actively invest in your own for a year and you'd probably get you know, a good amount of uh, experience. So. I agree. So, I mean, that's, that's how I, I look at it. Honestly, like I'm not going to say being a broker is not the right move for some people, but again, it's like, if you're trying to generate good income, like you're at that point, you're trying to pick a career path and you, investing doesn't even make sense yet. Cause you just don't have any capital to work with. Sure. Being a broker is actually a pretty bomb way to make really good money. But the problem with any job where you have the opportunity to make really good money is it becomes golden handcuffs really easily. So just be aware of that, but don't go get your broker's license. If you think that's going to be what helps you become a better investor or even get involved in investing, it, it, it probably will not. If anything, it'll probably hurt you. Yeah, I agree. All right. So that's it. That's all we got. See, we did pretty good without your read. You know, I was concerned for a little bit. Um, well, I think we just stayed on one camera angle, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so for the listeners at home uh, watching on YouTube or if you go to multifamily investing made simple, I'm not playing with the cameras today. I can switch them like this. Um, yeah, but this is be, what you get. Reed usually does that. And um, what ends up happening is if I run the cameras, I just I, I sit on me. I just I, I put it on me and I just sit there and then. You know, you're not even on the show anymore. So yeah, and that's weird when you're not talking. Then you just kind of space out and look at the floor, and people are wondering yeah. what the hell's going. What on. am I looking at? <laughs> if you guys don't know what our setup looks like, then you know, make sure to follow us on Instagram because we give a lot of behind the scenes clips where we show like the setup in here. It's actually really rad. But one of the things that's funny about it is our our monitor with all the cameras is on the floor. So if you ever watch us on YouTube um, and you see us looking at the floor, we're looking at ourselves. Yeah, we're not, not the cameras. Sad and depressed. <laughs> we're just. Um, fixated on ourselves yeah we love us (laughs) which is fine yeah all right that's gonna do it for us guys and gals we appreciate you being here as always uh if you do get a second just go drop a review that's cool um that's my ask it's not gonna be a big one unless nope it's not we're just gonna leave it there um i've done you almost got desperate i almost got desperate i almost got weird yeah um if you don't go leave a review then be prepared i'm gonna show up outside your house at 2 a.m in the rain with a boom box it's happening it's happening so this is where reed usually cuts it off and ends it okay i'll I'll do it for us Uh, uh we love you guys we'll see you in the next episode goodbye Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.